We're very blessed this morning. I'm going to bring a word to you in just a second. Uh, but a dearest of friends of mine and Gretchen's, uh, Pastor Jay and Christy Hazlip are here in town. Pastor Jay's on a sabbatical. They're on a sabbatical right now, just taking some time and, and resting and getting revived and renewed and uh, getting downloaded. He's already telling me about what he's preaching all the way into November. Uh, he's just getting all these downloads in the midst of it. He's excited about it. We were happy to have them over to the house last night for dinner. But he's also one of our overseers, not just a very dear, close personal friend and, and spiritual kingdom family, but one of our overseers, and I thought it'd be great if he would come up and greet you guys this morning. So Pastor Jay, would you come up and just greet the people? Would you welcome Pastor Jay Hazel? <laughs> Love you, brother. So good to be here with you guys this morning. This one right here, my bad. Great to be here with you guys this morning. How you feel today? Good. You excited about being in God's house? Yeah. Me too. I want to share a thought with you that I had. I just kind of felt it stirring over on the inside of me. It's a principle that many have seen that got it and applied it, and it radically revolutionized their life. It'll revolutionize your life as well. You walk with God. And it's this thought right here, that if you'll have set places at set times that you meet with God, you'll get to know God in a way that you would never know Him just walking with Him. In Genesis, when God created the garden and placed Adam and Eve there, he met with them every single day. Set place, set time. Because they had a set place, set time, they were able to talk with God in a way that you don't just get to hear from God when you walk with God. Set place, set time. Daniel had a set place, set time. He prayed three times a day. Jesus said, when you go into your secret place, he said, when you go into your secret place and pray, he said, what we talk about in that secret place, I'll actually reward you and open. Peter and John in Acts, when they were going to the temple, as it was their custom, set place, set time. A miracle happened. I really believe this. As Pastor Greg was encouraging us, exhorting us to believe and expect miracles to happen in our lives today. I believe because many of you in this room have, have designated this place at this time every week to meet with God. You're going to receive a miracle today. I really believe that with all my heart. And as a result of having set places and set times, God knows that you'll be there. And because you'll be there, he'll be there waiting on you to get there. And you'll experience him in ways that other people will never experience him. Have you ever prayed? Have you ever prayed and uh, asked God? Ask God to help you to get closer to Him? There's nothing wrong with praying that prayer. But just praying that prayer isn't going to help you to get closer to God. Just having a desire isn't going to necessarily get you closer to Him. The Bible says when you draw near to Him, that's when He'll draw near to you. Just having the desire to change doesn't actually create change. It's actually when you begin to pursue Him, draw near to Him, meet with Him in that place, that God will meet with you and begin to change your life. So I was praying this prayer, and, and I was asking God to give me ears to hear what His Spirit is saying. Have you ever prayed that? That's a good prayer to pray. But then I realized that you can, you really hear what you want to hear. So when he says, those that have ears to hear, let them hear. He's not saying I give some people the ability to hear and others I don't. You determine whether you hear from God or not. Some of you are going to listen to the words that Greg preaches today. Then others are going to hear what God is saying through Pastor Greg as he preaches today. And so I realized that especially having children, they hear what they want to hear. And then they hear things you don't want them to hear. But then I realized also the reason some people can't hear is because they're filling their ears with all the garbage of the world and so when God speaks, it gets filtered out through all the things that have filled their ears. When you begin to treat your ears spiritually, 
as gateways into your spirit, then you'll begin to hear God in a different way. So, Pastor Greg, I was sensing this while I was standing there worshiping. I kept hearing this over and over. He's the one that flows prophetically. I don't. But as I was standing there, I kept hearing over and over in my spirit. God say, I've made this place an oasis in the midst of a dry place. He says, I am the source of the water in this place. And my water will never run dry from this place. I have chosen you and I've picked you to bring down principalities and powers over this region. There's a flame that's going to begin to burn brighter than it's ever burned before from this place. That flame is burning, but there's going to be an increase and intensifying of that flame that comes from this place. Because my heart, my hand is not just upon you, says God, but my heart is among you. Some people want my hand to just be upon them, but you desire my heart to be among you. He said, I will bring people far and wide to experience what I do in this place. They won't come because of you. They will come because of me. So I really felt like God spoke that to me today. So anyway, I'm so glad to be with you guys today. Thank you. <laughs> wow. You know, there's... Uh... Quite a few words that Pastor Jay has uh, dreams and visions that he's had, that he, he loves his church, believes in his church, is his Alabama home. Matter of fact, they're from Alabama originally, and uh, his name in the skateboard world is Alabama Jay, Jay Alabama, Jay Alabama, and so uh, he's a professional skateboarder. I taught him almost everything he knows, uh, <laughs> no. but the reality is he has, the Lord has used him as a true overseer to speak words into this house that we're still standing and contending with and for. And, and there are always words that encourage us. There are always words that propel us. And I hope that you caught that this morning, that his, his message to you, the word that God gave him, compels you and, and propels you to come closer to God and to get closer to that flame. And I thought about the flame, and I thought about some of you that, uh, that are venturing out in new areas of your life, and some that are in, the, uh, in entrepreneurialism or in political events or just different things you're starting to walk into that you're starting to walk out. We talk about that flame, and for some reason, we just go to a fiery church service or fiery preaching, and it has its place, but we have to walk this stuff out. Just like the words that were called out over healing this morning, you just need to get up and walk it out and walk by faith. If you will walk in the light, now understanding the light to them would be fire. They didn't have General Electric. They didn't have Scottsboro Power Board. They didn't have that. If you walk in the flame, if you'll walk in the light, if his word will be the lamp unto your feet, if you'll let his word continue to, to feed the flame and to put inside of there what's needed, you walk in the light, you have fellowship with him. You'll have fellowship with him, and, and you'll be a light in a dark place. Just like this will be an oasis in a dry place, you can be a light in dark places. We are meant to be light of the world. That's what Jesus was, and everything that he was, we are to be. We are supposed to be walking that out and living that. Anybody in here want to be a light in our community, want to be a light in your home, want to be a flame, a minister? Hebrews says, ministers of flame. Listen, God is an all-consuming fire all-consuming fire. And he does the miraculous. And don't think God's going to burn you. People have burned you. Have you ever noticed that? Man, they, I'm just burned out with that person. They burned me. They just kind of just did me wrong there. Uh, God will, will set you on fire, but will not destroy the bush. God has no desire to destroy you. He has every desire to engulf you and to encompass you and to surround you. He wants to set you on fire. And then there's people on the backside of their own desert. There's people walking and running from God, running from God, and God will have you in their path. You'll be wondering what you're doing on that street corner. You'll be wondering what you're doing at that ball field where you no longer have a child playing and you just show up the ball game and that person sees you and you become that lamp lighter. You become that beacon of hope. You become that moment of revelation to them that God is for them and not against them. And the revelation could go on and on and on and on. Amen? So we want to be. Interesting enough, I mean, I'm standing over thinking they probably want to hear the rest of the message. So I went behind the keyboard that I was going to start doing the keys uh, for them and everything. But the reality is I'm preaching about time this morning. 
he talked about appointed times, uh, that, that you should have appointed times. The reason you and I have so much disappointment in our life at whatever measure or scale that is, is because missed appointments we have with God. If we would have kept our appointments with God, we wouldn't have disappointments in our life. And so you set time with God. Amen? Set time with God. If you have your Bibles, take it out. You can open up to uh, anywhere you want to for right now. And just stick your finger in there, okay? And, and say this with me. This is my Bible. And I believe everything it says. And that settles it. So, oh Lord, be it unto me according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm excited to share this word with you this morning. I believe it's a, it's a now word. I believe it's a very timely word. I told him in my office, I have to, I have to release this word. I've come to find out that uh, I used to carry a word. Now words carry me. It's as if God puts me in the place where that word is supposed to be. And I believe I'm in the right place right now. I believe I'm in the right time right now. I believe that I have a sense of the sons of Issachar of understanding the times. I think that we have been blessed since 2020. 2020 has been a blessing to us. It shook some things off of us that we would not shake. We would not let go. It changed our mindsets. It stirred our hunger. But in the midst of that, we had a good concurrence of what God was doing. I've said it to you uh, numerous times. Maybe you're new and you're fresh to this area here, but if you want to know what in the world is going on, find out what in the Word is going on. Where are we in the Word of God? And the Word of God is set for appointed times. The Word of God, every prophecy that is ever sent out is set for an appointed time. Every vision has an appointed time. Listen to me. He's telling you, the man of God just told you, you need to set a time. Why? Because you need to reflect God. You need to be where God is in your life. God sets appointed time. God works according to appointed times. It was in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth. A lot of people argue and wrestle with and, and try to explain, you know, some, some evolutionary mindset or some big bang theory. Listen to me, friends. They can dig in there and they can tell you that it's six billion years old, and I'm totally fine with that, but I know that the appointed time was 6,000 years ago. When God out of eternity made something, he made something out of eternity, so it's going to look like God, it's going to smell like God, it's going to feel like God, and God is an eternal God. And when he made it, he made it out of eternity. You'll never find that beginning, and you'll never find that end of it. You're meant to find him. You can Scientology, anything you want, but the reality is you need to seek God. You need to find God, and you need to find God in all things and at all times. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards. Listen to me, sons and daughters. Listen to me, children. Part of God's design over your life is that you have a guardian and a steward of your life. God has put authority in your life. The way you handle the authority in your life is the reality of your relationship with God. It's your concept or your perception of God. And if you feel that way about your mother, you feel that way about your father, that's really how you feel about God because God placed them in your life. They're under these guardians and under these stewards until the time appointed by the Father. It is so important for you and I to stay under the guardianship, to stay under the stewardship, to stay under the rule, to stay under the guide until God says it's time. Do not get out until, until it's your time. Do not go until it's your time. There are so many things that God said, don't do it until it's time. And if you learn to spend time with God, you'll know the timing of God in your life. God works according to an appointed time. Do not rush it. The first prophetic word that I can remember in church that I ever received was, son, do not let the cart get ahead of the horse. Son, don't let everything that you're carrying and everything that's yours and everything that you're working for get out in front of what God wants to do in your life. You need to stay behind that aspect. You need to stay behind and not jackknife your life. Even so, Abraham, Abraham got ahead of time, and he had an Ishmael. Anything you do before God's timing will profit nothing but the flesh. Don't think God did this to you 
or did that to you. You came out of the covering, out of the will of God, and did it in your own strength, and now you're most likely paying for it. Now you're most likely wondering, how can I get this fixed? We're going to get to that in just a second. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. There was a specific time. It was prophetically stated throughout the Old Testament when Jesus would come. They knew it. Listen to me. They knew it even by astrology. They knew it by the aligning up of the time in the sky. They knew that Jesus said that ruler, a deliverer was coming. God works accordingly. He literally said in the end times that the moon will be like blood. He's given us signs of what it would look like. God works according to an appointed time. Because your sons had sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts in verse 6, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir of God through Christ. Paul had a concern for the church. I carry a very heavy concern in my heart for the church. Uh, not just this church, but for the church at large. If we don't line up with the alignment of God, if we don't line up with the timing of God, if we don't surrender and submit to the timing of God, there could be some very dire results and circumstances in our lives. Paul said, but then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which were by nature are not God's. But now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, now after you know God and are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? Paul said earlier to him, he says, he said, uh, do not use your liberty as an occasion of flesh and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Perhaps you're sitting in here with me this morning. Perhaps you're attending in church this morning, and there was a season in your life that you, you met God, you experienced Christ. It was as if it was the fullness of time. It wasn't just saying a prayer. It was an encounter. You experienced God, and, and it delivered you and set you free from all the elements of bondage in your life. And now you find yourself a week later, a year later, 10 years later, returning to those same elements of bondage. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? is what Paul is saying to these people. What is it? How did you guys start in faith and end up in the flesh? I ask you to ask yourself, are you living by faith or living by flesh? Are you living by encounter or by emotions? Where do you sit with God this morning? He said, you observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid for you, lest I've labored for you in vain. He said, I'm concerned, I'm afraid, I'm nervous. Has our labors been spent in vain? Jesus lived for an appointed time. In John chapter 7, Jesus had some brothers. Matter of fact, the best we know, he had four of them. And those brothers said, hey, if, you know, if you're really who you say you are, if you can really do this stuff, why don't you go down to the feast and do some miracles and let those people see who you really are? It says, because they didn't really believe. Could that possibly be that when we're skeptical, skeptical, skeptical about miracles, signs and wonders, the moving of the Spirit, could it really be that we don't really believe? Could it possibly be? Although you say you're a believer, do you believe in all things? Do you believe in the fullness of the gospel? Not just the kindness of God that he would send Jesus to be your savior. Friends, we're moving into an appointed time in the kingdom of God. I'm not as much standing before you this morning as a pastor uh, with a plan and how we can get here or there. I literally believe that I'm carrying a word and God has sent me here to let you and I know that we're living in an appointed time. Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. But your time is always ready. You just do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. You're out on your own time. You're doing your own thing. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. Can I say this to you, church? Can I declare that you have a voice 
Can, can I uh, speak over you that, that you, could, you could expose darkness? Uh, that you can uh, denounce evil things? That you don't have to just go with it and, and, and act like it's not happening? And if that light's going to shine, it needs to shine bright. You ought to discuss with your family, with your friends, and people you really care about. That's not holy. That's not right. That is evil. That is darkness. And we should not have any fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. That's not the message per se, but it is the word of God. You go up to this feast, I'm not yet going to the feast, for my time has not yet fully come. Fully come. Jesus was brought forth in the fullness of time. Jesus kept time with God. Did you hear me? He was brought forth in the fullness of time, and he kept time with God. Matter of fact, in Mark 1.35, it said Jesus got up a great while before day. And went and got a cup of coffee. That's not what it said. He went and he sought God. It's exactly what Pastor Jay was talking about. He literally had an appointed time with God and he sought God early in the morning. Maybe he was becoming acquainted with the hour that many people were not acquainted with because the hour that he was going to be ministering with, he would minister all the way through the night. But he met with God. At an appointed time. I have to tell you a story, if you allow me for a moment. A few weeks ago, on a Wednesday and Thursday night, Hannah and I were in Merchantson, Texas. Population 596, a little bit smaller than Wovel. And preaching at a church, and the first night I ministered and preached and the next night, I came back, and when they first had called me to come out and preach, they asked me for Wednesday night, and then they called back and said, is there any way you could do Thursday night also? What they did was they appointed a time, and then they appointed another time. And I said, yes, I'll do Thursday as well. I sure am happy I did, because something happened that day. Something transpired that day. I had preached the night before, and they had a nice little green room in the back. I came in and parked at the church, and we went inside the room, and, and the pastor and his wife were back there, and then uh, uh, one of the other pastors in the church uh, came forward, and, and he came in the back, and he had a little bag with him, and it said Zales on it. And he said, the Lord told me to go buy you a watch. He said, when you were praying for me last night, your watch stood out to me. So he saw I had a watch, yet God told him to go buy a watch. You see, the things of the spirit are contradictory to the things of the flesh. The flesh would say, that doesn't make any sense. Don't be led by your flesh. Be led by his spirit. He told me the story of how he bought the watch. God gave him a price to spend on it. God, when he went to look, he saw the watch. It was not the price that he felt like God told him. He said, that's much more. The Lord said, but I said, buy that watch. But you gave me this price, but I said, buy that watch. So you'll have that contradiction, that conflict going on between flesh and spirit. He said, lo and behold, I, I looked up the watch. I went to the store the next day, and, and they had the watch, but it, it's just it is so expensive. But, but then I looked back on the website, and they had a flash sale. And it knocked off X percentage of the price. He said, and then I went back in the store, and they had put a sale on it, and it knocked it down 50% of what the price was, and it was the price that God gave me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me he can't do it. I wear that watch today. But the watch doesn't matter as much to me as what he said. I don't live by the elements of this world, but by the word of God. When he handed the bag to me, he literally said, and God told me to say to you, it's time. I knew what it meant. The fullness of me knew what it meant, yet I didn't know what it meant. My spirit knew, and my spirit was ready, but my flesh could not calculate or comprehend 
or in any way orchestrate what that right might really mean. But I knew it was time. In December of 2021, I preached a series of messages of the doors of Christmas. And one of those doors was the door of fulfillment. Fulfillment of prophecies. You see, in the Christmas story, there's more than just a baby and some animals and a manger and a, and a Joseph and a Mary and a, and a little nativity scene. There's prophecies. Prophecies declaring the gift of God, the will of God, the plan of God, the purposes of God. And so often we leave the prophecies out and just decorate ourselves with the elements of the world and miss the spirit of Christ. Gretchen and I went away a couple weeks ago on our 32nd anniversary. I referenced it last week. And while we were there, we uh, ended up going uh, to eat lunch somewhere. And when we got to it, they closed the place and said, close for a private party. And I thought, wow, Gretchen, what an anniversary gift. Thank you. She, she, I thought she just rented out the whole restaurant for me. So she started looking. She said, well, there's a grilled cheese place. I thought, I don't want a grilled cheese. That's what my mom fed me when I was a little boy. I want a man witch, you know? And I'm kind of going through it. I thought, no, Greg, remember, this is about spending time with her wherever she wants it. I was like, yeah, that'll be fine. She looked up. They have other sandwiches, too. Well, that just means they put meat in with the grilled cheese. We're standing in line at an appointed time. We weren't supposed to be at that other restaurant. We were supposed to be there. And that's when I saw the poster of The Hiding Place, uh, the playwright of Corey Ten Boom, who her and her father and sister and brother uh, spared close to 600 Jews' life during the era of the war when Hitler was annihilating the Jews. Beautiful story. If you've never read it, never seen it, I highly encourage you to engage yourself into the movie or one or the other. And so we went to it. But we didn't go Friday night. We went Saturday night. We went Friday night, not Thursday night. And we went to the play. We sat down. Now, you have to understand the story just a little bit. Since my engagement and relationships with some people in Nashville, many of you know that we, for a long period of time, held and hosted that prayer meeting there, built a lot of friends, a lot of people that you would know their names if I were to say their names. And through that period of time, we're invited to a lot of events, events that would be at Lipscomb University or be at other theaters or other uh, arenas, uh, 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 the Grand Ole Opry, the, the Ryman. I mean, it was, and every time we were there, Somebody from the stage would say, we just want to recognize the hello to Pastor Greg and Gretchen DeVries, and they would mention our name every time. And at first, it was, it was, it was kind of fun. It was exciting. It was neat, you know. But every time that happened, well, we went to this place in Nashville, to this theater, and Corey Ten Boom and her dad are watchmakers, watch repairmen, timekeepers. And part of his little phrase was, there's no time to waste. There's no time to waste. The Bible says, redeem the time for the days are evil. Can I get a witness for a moment? Are the days evil? I didn't ask if you were. I said, are the days evil? It doesn't take a rocket scientist, a theologian, or a prophet to tell you that the days are evil. But we sat down. I didn't know a soul in the building. Didn't know anybody. A gentleman behind us started to talk to us. He was a father, the guy that kind of runs the theater. It's a beautiful place, and, and we're sitting in the event, and, and the conversation didn't go far, and then the play started, and they started out with a little video out front. And the guy who wrote it and the, the team that worked together collaborated to make the play, and the guy said, he said, he said you know, this is our first one, and, and we thought there's no better time, this is the best time to do the hiding place. And to be honest with you, I thought, seriously, this thing has been around for years, years. And this story is well known, but God inspired them because of the time. And so we're watching the play and the first scene goes through and they have the, the intermission and we walk back in and sit down and, and Mr. Ten Boom is, 
in his watch scene, and, and he's holding it, and, and he's working on something. He says, Corey, tell Mr. DeVries his watch is ready. It means nothing to you, but it still chills. You know, I, I was walking behind uh, uh, the Hilton in Orange County uh, years ago when I went out to preach and spend time with Pastor Jay, and, and I was walking behind, and I saw this sign, because God said there'll be signs and wonders, and there's going to be signs that make you wonder sometimes. And I saw the word deliveries only, but I didn't see deliveries. I saw DeVries only because the name DeVries is in deliveries. I look at the word congregation. The name Greg is right in the middle of congregation. It doesn't mean anything to you, and it's not meant to mean anything to you, but it means everything to me to know that I'm called and chosen by God, and now I'm understanding it's time. We are living in an appointed time. There's no time to waste. Someone gives me a watch in Merchants in Texas. I'm sitting in Nashville, Tennessee. No bearings of knowledge whatsoever. You have to be able to see in the Spirit and hear in the Spirit what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit is saying, even with signs and wonders, it's time. You know what Gregory means? It used to be a pizza place. It literally means vigilant watchman. Vigilant watchman. I think I understand the time. You see, prophecy today has a need of less predicting and more equipping. I could stand up here and tell you things are going to happen in three weeks or things are going to happen in three months, and you'd sit and wait for them to happen. And when they happened, I would walk in and say, hey, I told you. And you say, you've got to come hear this guy. This guy knows the, the times, and he knows that, no, no, prophecy is not meant to prove the prophet. Prophecy is meant to improve the people. I want to equip you to know the time. You know, the interesting thing about this watch is when I look at it, I can't tell what time it is because everything is silver. And I kept looking at it. I'd hold at angles, hold at angles. And I don't know what time it is. Well, the Lord is saying to me, it's now time. You're not on that time anymore. You're on my time. And every hour matters. Every moment matters. We find Predominantly in the Christian body, we live in seasons. Jesus lived for hours. He lived for the hour. Friends, the hour is here. What hour? What hour? The hour of fulfillment. Now, now sit back and listen to me for just a moment. Uh, allow it to come into you. I'm going to speak into your life. I'm not speaking about the will or the plan or the strategy of the church and what the well is going to become. The well will only become what you become. The well will only be how well you are. The well will only have the source of water and life, a giving source of water in it as how full you are. It's not going to be predominantly or, or, or merely dependent upon me. We bring fireflies in here, people that will speak the word of God to you. But you need to be filled with the spirit of God. Now watch this. In Luke chapter 1, verse 39, we quote it every Sunday. Now, Mary arose in those days. How many of y'all can say with me, those days are these days. These days are like those days. What does that mean, preacher? Well, that literally means to you that whatever was prophesied in those days, these are those days. Whatever was in the scripture is now we're in the being. We are the fulfillment of time. We're living in sequence and, and synchronized with God of what he's doing as he's doing it. He went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah. I would simply say to you, make haste to praise. Make haste to praise. And entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Listen to me. I mean, this is, this is so minimal. How many of y'all were met by somebody at the door this morning and they greeted you? Good morning. How are you? How many of y'all, somebody, before greeters even got here, somebody said, good morning, how are you? 
You all were just greeted just a moment ago by Pastor Jay. And did you feel something kind of flutter inside of you going, I wonder what he's going to say. I wonder what's going to happen. He, he said, you guys happen to be at church this morning? You're like, yeah, yeah, but what are you going to say? What did I ask him? I asked him to greet you. I'm talking about the minimalness. Anybody can greet everybody if that somebody would greet anyone. Just in a greeting. Look what happens. And, and so Zacharias greeted Mary came and she greeted Elizabeth and it happened. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Could you imagine that ministry? I've wrestled for years. I've always used to tell myself I, I'm not the best at the ministry of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people think they're great at it. I got news for you. There ain't a person in here can fill anybody with the Holy Ghost. I don't care who you think you are, what you've been. I don't care how many A.A. Allen meetings you went to, how many Smith Wigglesworth books you read. Only the Spirit of God can be baptized through Jesus, the baptizer. But now I'm starting to find out if I'll greet people with Jesus in me. No, no, you all saying, no, you're getting crazy. I mean, no, I'm not. Mary had Jesus in her. She just had an infant Jesus in her. A seed of the Spirit of God. And when she greeted Elizabeth, what Lisa's Elizabeth had in her for six months got filled with the Holy Ghost. Could you imagine? Good morning. People, oh, praise God. Something just shifted in my life. You know, somebody's going to go to work with you tomorrow. They thought all weekend about killing themselves. They went out and got drunk, and they hadn't been drunk in years. They went out, and they kissed somebody else's husband or somebody else's wife, or they started having unnatural effects or whatever, and they're going to come in all depressed at work tomorrow, all ashamed, and realizing they're so in debt that a week of work ain't going to do them no good, and you're going to say, good morning, and something's going to leap inside of them. He recognized me. She thought about me. And the Spirit of God is going to hit them. It's going to awaken their faith. And they're not going to commit suicide. They're going to break off that relationship. They're not going to take another sip. They're not going to take another joint. They're not going to do any of that stuff. They're going to receive the fullness of the Spirit of God. I know it's too simple. The problem is we've made it too difficult. We've built our own ways of how these things happen. I'm not even near the message yet. Hold on. Then she spoke with a quiet, no, a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit. How did Elizabeth know she was pregnant? All she did was greet her good morning. Blessed is your womb. The fruit of your womb is blessed. You see, the spirit of God puts spiritual things in you. She understood the time. It's time to be pregnant. It's time to bear. It's time to be happy. It's time to be joyful. It's time to be fruitful. She starts speaking into the cycle of God, the gestation period of God. Friends, things are happening. Things are taking place. People are doing things they've never done before. Why? Because the Spirit of God is rising up inside of them, giving them faith, giving them courage. Believing that what God tells them to do is the right thing to do. It's going to change other people's lives. She said, but why is this granted to me? Oh, I love the humility. That the mother of my, mother of my Lord, all you said was good morning. All you said was, hey, Elizabeth. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Gretchen's been pregnant a few times. And in the early stages with Spencer, I would lay my hands on that cute little belly. And I'd start to pray about 9.30, 10.30 at night, somewhere in there. And I'd pray and he'd start kicking. And I'd start praying, bless the little God. And I, I, mean, I just got going. After about three or four times, she said, he does that every time at this night. So I started holding my hand over her mouth and kept praying. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. You may think I'm crazy. Sometimes I do too. But listen to me. Please, you must hear this. Blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed are those who believe. I mean, I mean, Pastor Jay, we didn't orchestrate that. You need to hear what he's saying this morning. You'll be blessed if you believe. 
in the things that the Lord says to you, you'll experience the fulfillment of everything the Lord says to you. We're coming into a time of fulfillment. In Luke chapter 4, verse 21, Jesus has just read the scroll. Jesus has stood in front of the whole synagogue, and he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach. He knew it was time. He knew it was time. The time was set for him to declare what prophecy had already declared about him some 600 to 700 years before. He is standing in the moment of fulfillment of a prophecy. Isaiah said it before Jesus ever said it, but Jesus said it before Isaiah ever heard it. Listen, that prophecy that God gave Isaiah, I could say it was 700 years old when Jesus did it. I could say it was from the very foundations of the earth. It was always God's plan, but as a time. And Jesus began to say to them, Jesus began to say to them, he, he started something. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I'm here to say to you that scripture, there's an appointed time for scripture to be fulfilled. I'm here to say to you, God has touched the clock. God has set the alarm, and he said, it is time for fulfillment of the word of God. Ezekiel. The prophet Ezekiel in verse chapter 12, verse 23, tell them therefore, that's what I'm standing in front of you for is to tell you something. It's not as easy as you think. It's not as fun as you think. Sometimes you think you'll lose some friendships. You'll lose some, 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 some relationships. You'll lose some time in there. But I'm here to tell you what God said and you need to be told. He said, tell them therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will lay this proverb to rest and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel, but say to them, the days are at hand, the fulfillment of every vision. For no more shall there be any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. In other words, my God is saying, I'm going to drive out every false prophet I'm going to drive out every divin, spirit of divination. He said, it will not be anymore. What you're coming into is a day of fulfillment of every vision and every word that I've spoken. That's what God is saying. For I am the Lord. I speak and the words which I speak will come to pass. It will no more be postponed. We've been living in this, this crazy little season. Spencer and Madison, when they sold their house in this area to move to, to uh, Fort Payne and up on the mountain, that area there, uh, they, they lived at the Potter's Shed, lived with us for a little while. And he and I actually have the same name other than middle name. He's Gregory Spencer. I'm Gregory Stephen. And so he went down, and they got all their mail sent to our house. And then when they moved, they, they went over and got the, uh, the mail changed over and, you know, to, to their new address up there. Somehow, some way, Gretchen's been to the post office, Abigail's been to the post office, Madison's been to the post office, you can go to the post office, especially if you know somebody there, please go to the post office and tell them the time is at hand. No. I walked into my office as recent as this morning, and there's a stack of mail from people that we do business and in, 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 uh, uh, life with that all went to their house. When we went down and said, change it back to their, this is their new address. They took all of our mail and are sending all of our mail to them also. Oh, it's been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy, but it's not going to be postponed anymore. It's been postponed for two years. Every letter, everything sent to us, whether it's something from a vehicle that was purchased, house issues, whatever it may be, I'm declaring to you the postponement is over. I'm declaring to you it's going to get to where it needs to get. It's going to perform what he said it's going to perform. God has a message. God has a word. God has a letter with your name on it, and he's going to fulfill everything that he said. The days of postponement are over. They're over. Somebody ought to praise the Lord off of that one. For I'm the Lord, I'll speak, it will come to pass. No longer postponed. For in your days, O rebellious house, I will say the word and perform it, says the Lord. Now, now there's, there's a caution there, because I know somebody's going to come out and say, you know, that, that, that past scripture didn't really mean what you're thinking. But you're saying it in a positive way, but I'm saying it in a positive way because I'm not rebellious. But what you need to understand, if you're still rebellious, even the things that the rebellious 
are going to hear are going to come to pass. It's time to get right with God. It's time to line up. It, 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 it's time. I said it's time. It's not tomorrow. You know what every, every good drug addict does? I'm going to quit tomorrow. One more of this, one more time. That's where they're an addict because they don't quit. I'm here to tell you, it's time. I haven't had a craving for it since he delivered me. It was time. I got set free, delivered, have not drank since, have not used a drug since, none of that stuff. It's time for you too. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, look, the house of Israel is saying the vision that he sees is for many days from now. And he prophesies of a times far off. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord, none of my words will be postponed anymore, but the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord. I'm here to tell you, he said it twice, it's established. Days of postponement are over. Days of fulfillment are upon us. So what can I do? I'm happy you asked. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 and 14 Pastor Joel, if you'd be so kind, literally says in verse 11, and do this. So I thought you said he's going to say it and do it. Friends, this is a relationship. We have responsibility. You draw near to God, he will draw near to you. You give, he will bless you. I mean, it just works that way. There's a responsibility. And it's your choice. And do this knowing the time. And do this knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. We literally saying, awake my soul this morning. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Uh, listen, it doesn't take away salvation at first believing, but the fulfillment of your salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. Maybe you got saved last week. Maybe you got saved uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I'm here to tell you, your salvation, the fulfillment of your salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. The time is shortening. The time is quickening. I'm not saying we're running out of time. I'm saying let's run with the time. He said, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us, therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let me say it to you this way. Anything that doesn't produce the light or anything that doesn't make life brighter for you, you don't need to be doing. Bottom line. If the Lord wouldn't, we shouldn't. Amen? It's not that we could say we wouldn't because there's a desire. There's a fleshly desire. But we shouldn't. There's things we should not be doing and now is the time to stop doing it if you're cussing and then come in here blessing the bible simply says from the same mouth should not come curses and blessings amen we should not be partakers of unfruitful works of darkness i could go on and down the list but that's holy spirit's job ask the holy spirit Connecting back with Pastor Jay said, have you ever prayed this prayer? Ask him to convict you. Ask him. There's things that I find myself, I'm just like, that just doesn't feel right. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I didn't say it was wrong to you. It just doesn't feel right for me. I'm not here to compete with you. I'm not even here to challenge you. But I am here to instruct you and to inform you, caution you that there may be some things we need to let go of. I say this quite often. If what grieves God doesn't grieve you, something's missing. And the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. I won't tell the whole story, but I stood in a grocery store line in Portland, Oregon. And the cashier was talking to another cashier and using the name, the Lord's name in vain like it, was a, like it was a comma and a period and exclamation point. Jesus blank. God blank. You can fill in the blanks, but I encourage you not to. And it grieved me. It's amazing to me how many people can sit and watch television shows and it never affects them. 
sit with people that talk and use God's name in vain. The Bible says, God said, thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain. Well, that's just TV land. Are you living in TV land or in the kingdom of God? Something's missing. What's missing? The Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit like Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled in the Spirit like Jesus would fill you in the Spirit. Not denominationally, but kingdom-wise. What grieves God has got to once again grieve us. The church will have no effect, no impact in this world if what grieves God doesn't grieve us. Because grief moves compassion. Grief fuels boldness. Grief channels concern. Listen to me. We have got to get concerned for Northeast Alabama. We've got to get as concerned for Northeast Northeast Alabama as I'm telling you I'm concerned for Chicago right now. If we don't get up there and become, if I would not have had a mother who became a roadblock to hell, well, it was a roadblock to hell that helped me, so I'm going to be somebody else's roadblock to hell. I laid in bed last night. One of my children, between Gretchen and I, just sharing her heart with us. And she told me about somebody that we know that used to be somebody that maybe many of you knew are getting divorced. I couldn't fall asleep. I couldn't sleep through the night. I'm not one given to dreams, and I dreamed about it. My heart breaks. I'm going this week to hopefully see both of them and not even act like I don't know. There's no time to act like. If you know, you're responsible. You got to give me. You got to give me. Listen, if you know, you're privy to it. And if you don't think that gospel lines up, you read Acts chapter 5. Ananias, Sapphira. Sapphira got what Ananias got because she was privy to it. She kept it private. Well, don't tell anybody. That's gossip. That's gossip. Gossip will never fuel a prayer chain that will make a difference. Never. There's things you know about. There's things I know about. And if we don't go do something about it, it might be too late. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let's walk in that light. Let us walk properly, as in day, not in reverently and drunkenness and lewdness and lust and not in sprite, excuse me, strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. Listen to me. You open up that phone and you know within 30 seconds you can be somewhere you don't need to be in a gossip conversation and covetousness and immorality. Don't make a provision for it. Don't take it to the bathroom. Don't go into another room when you're going to get on your computer. Oh, we're talking about real stuff now, aren't we? Because it's time. You need to stop making provision for your flesh. I know, I know that if I, if I listen more, me, this may not be, you may have different parameters and boundaries and responsibilities and callings, but if I listen to the news more than 20 minutes, I'm not the happiest person to be around. I get agitated, I get frustrated, I get disappointed. They're not doing anything to feed me. You have good news, amen? You have some decisions to make today as you stand to your feet. I don't, I don't know that I'll be able to hold to this, but I want you to have the concept of this. Don't wait for me to ask you to come to the altar. Not in this house anymore. You get there when you need to get there. This is where you do business with God. This is where you throw things aside by laying yourself in front of Him, by kneeling in front of Him. Some of y'all have some decisions to make this morning. Some of y'all have some things to cast off, to throw down. Some things, some decisions to make, to walk out of. To denounce some darkness in your life. Friends, you can't come in here and listen to me preach holiness and then go out and listen to people talk about worldliness and think you're going to be all right. 
The Bible says it this way. You cannot eat at the table of God and at the table of demons at the same time. It just doesn't happen. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm probably living in the happiest days of my life. Man, our, our best friends were over for dinner last night. We're happy. We're doing good. But these are real issues. When God promises, he instructs. He promised. Listen, this brother has spoken some words over this house about revival and about that flame coming, about things happening. Giants we're supposed to take down. Racism, poverty, uh, religion. Huge breakthroughs. But all those have an instruction with them. There's a few things you need to cast off this morning. A few things you're carrying around in your life that you don't need to be carrying around. Bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred, jealousy, lust. You need to cast it off. Throw it aside. On the third day, there's a wedding at Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples... I don't have time to go into this right now. It wouldn't be the appropriate time. Are you a disciple? Do you have disciplines in your Christian walk? Do you adhere to the teachings of Christ? Do you take this stuff as serious as they did? They, they literally walked away from everything and everyone to follow Jesus. Are you a follower? They didn't just hear what they wanted to hear. They heard what he had for them to hear. It's time. What time? It's time to get serious. Time to present. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were at the wedding, invited to the wedding. How many of y'all have ever heard me say and ask the question, why did Jesus do a miracle at a wedding? Raise your hand if you ever heard me ask that. And what's the answer? That's right. I have never yet said the disciples were invited too. You're invited into a miraculous world. You're invited into the will and the plan of God. If they were invited to the same place he was invited, he did what he did when he did when he did it when he did it when he did it there. So you can do it where you go. I'm inviting you He's inviting us as a church into a set time. Wasn't it interesting, Pastor DJ, giving the announcements this morning? And I normally don't listen to announcements because they never do them fast enough for me because I want to preach right then. It's not them, it's me. Gretchen will elbow me, kick me, kick my toe. It's like, shh, I'll be able to go. <laughs> Let the horse out of the gate. <laughs> He said, oh, and that uh, the time is 6 p.m. And oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the night of worship time. You see, when someone gives you a time, it's an invitation. When someone gives you a time, you're invited for that appointed time. God is telling us. Hopefully, he's telling thousands of churches. It's time. The fullness of time. Every dream. Every vision, every word he has spoken is going to come to pass. You're going to live the greatest life you've ever lived. It's going to impact others. It's going to change where you live, where you work, the people around you. It's time. Isn't that something he chose us? I don't know about you, but, but when, I, when I was, before I was saved, I went to a lot of parties. But then I started finding out there was other parties I wasn't invited to. They didn't want me there. They didn't want me there. Maybe you remember when you were a young child and they would invite these people and invite those people and invite this and, and, and somehow they forgot you. They didn't put you on a list. I'm here to tell you, you're on God's list. You can take every disappointment, you can take every failure, every rejection, you just 
throw it to the side. You are called and chosen by God. And he's inviting you into a holy moment. That's why you're here. You didn't just stumble upon this church. He led you here. I don't know what your destiny is, but I know that he's in it. All right. When they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, I ain't got no wine. They're out of wine. They ran out. And Jesus replied and said, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. It is a small window of time. A very possibility that the watch said 1059. But Jesus knew 11 o'clock was his hour. They've ran out of wine, but I'm not going to do something before the time. My hour hasn't yet come. I'm here to tell you, your hour is upon you. I'm here to tell you, this is your time. His mother said to his servants, whatever he says to you, just do it. Whatever he says to you, just do it. So here's, here's the key. It ain't time until he says something. And when he says something, it's time to do what he told you to do. It is time to obey the Lord. and do what he says and he'll prosper anything and everything that you do.